Tuesday, I had a lunch meeting in downtown Santa Barbara. And just up after I came up from the freeway at that underpass at Carrillo, as I was heading toward downtown, the driver two cars ahead of me started turning left on a one-way street. Thankfully, the car directly in front of me honked her horn, which kept the other car from crashing into oncoming traffic. At my old church, we called this a love honk. <laughs> I see the Siglers back there, so I'm going to point you out. Do you guys remember this, love honk? Remember? I think it was something Merrill or Ann or somebody came up with. A love honk is when you honk your horn to help someone to keep them safe. The church that I was a part of and that Nathan and Leslie were part of is a place called Thad's. It met in a jazz venue in Culver City. On the walls were these huge murals of Billie Holiday and Louis Armstrong and Miles Davis. Um, it, this place, just, just like St. Mike's, uh, after the sermon we had a dialogue. And while we here in IV and Santa Barbara, we referenced things like blue herons and egrets down there in the heart of L.A., there was a lot of talk about traffic. <laughs> Somebody mentioned how honking your horn just raises the anxiety level of everyone around you. But then somebody else mentioned that the horn can sometimes prevent an accident or actually help another driver. Hence, the love honk. Today, Jesus gives us a love honk. <laughs> it's a tap of the horn to keep us from hurting ourselves and others, to keep us from driving down the wrong street. In the same way that a car horn is a tool for getting someone's attention, Jesus uses another time-honored means of getting attention. Hyperbole. Hyperbole, an intentional exaggeration for emotional effect. To be crystal clear, Jesus does not want you to cut off your hand. <laughs> or pluck out your eyes. Yeah, any of it. Jesus isn't trying to tell you that you are going to hell. He's just trying to keep you out of the dump. That's what the word translated hell means here. It's not Dante's Inferno. It is Gehenna, the dump outside of Jerusalem where there was said to be a perpetual fire. Just like the hand getting cut off or the eye torn out to save the rest of the body, Jesus wants to keep you from wasting your body, from making a mistake that will ruin your entire life. Jesus scares us in this passage. We don't love that, but it's true. Jesus honks his horn, but it is a love honk. Jesus is looking out for your best interest. He doesn't want you to lose all of your money or to be thrown in jail. He doesn't want you to, to uh, you or anybody else around you to get hurt because of your sexual desires or your need for a change in life. So it gives us a love honk, a love honk, not unlike the honk we get from Moses at the end of Deuteronomy. 
did you get, were you guys catching this? This is one of the best passages. I know it, there's some like patriarchy in there and there's all sorts of weird stuff, but there is some great, great material in this passage from Deuteronomy. I love it. Moses is, you know, everybody's on the, on the verge of going into the promised land, but who is not going into the promised land? Moses. Moses doesn't get to go. So these are his parting words. This is his like final, hey, pay attention. This is, I'm trying to give you something that's going to help you get through things in life. This is his final love honk, and his love honk sounds like this. Choose life. Choose blessings, not curses. The content of this passage from Jesus is not as like life affirming and fun and, and like <laughs> just overall empowering as the passage from Moses. It's also not the best stuff, though, the stuff that we love to hear from Jesus. It's not like love your neighbors, love your enemies, God is love, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't make you feel amazing. And it doesn't make us feel that, connect, that interdependence with the mystical, infinite, divine. We don't read this passage and say, yay! Today's passage is not yay, but hey. Not yay, but hey, pay attention, watch out. Your car is about to hit someone. There's also a lot of like practical advice in this passage. It's practical about legal trouble. Get it done quickly before the lawyers and the legal system bleed you dry. That is really practical advice. Also, be careful with your sexual desire. While our bodies and sex and physical attraction are beautiful things, they can also hurt people. Your desire can objectify others. I have to say, college, undergrad, is like one of the worst times in life for this. Frankly, it's mostly the guys, not to single us out, but it's true. In college, guys objectify young women in ways that are dehumanizing. They, we, forget that the girl they think is hot is somebody's baby, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's friend. She is an autonomous human being with unique capacities, talents, sorrows, and complexities. My friend Steve Kinney, who I knew knew through, uh, he's a priest in Austin that I know through my mentor at Thad's, calls this what-if-I, turning a who into a what. That process is serious business. Whenever we start to objectify or categorize people, whether it's by gender, race, economic class, skill level, experience, age, whatever, whenever we do that, it's trouble. It's what if I? It's driving down the wrong direction of a one-way street. It's not how things are supposed to be, and we need a love honk, a wake-up call. It's better just to cut out that whole behavior before someone gets hurt. Okay. Then there's divorce. 
Ugh. I've talked to dozens of people who in moments of crisis have asked me if they are going to hell because they got a divorce. It breaks my heart. It broke Jesus' heart too. Jesus didn't want anything like that. More specifically, he wanted to get rid of things like trophy wives. He wanted to look out for married women. Here, the masculine language could or should be universal, right? But in a patriarchal society, which is still kicking and screaming, Today, Jesus was telling men that they couldn't abandon their wives. Married women whose husbands divorced them were financially abandoned. They were up a creek both financially and socially. Conversely, some women might leave their husbands in order to social climb. Jesus is not having that either. There's a reason the divorce passage and the oaths passage are so close. Jesus is saying, keep your word, keep your promises, and don't make any promises you can't keep. On Friday, the Hallmark Industrial Complex celebrated Valentine's Day. (laughs) The day everyone pays too much to express affection, whether they like it or not. Ostensibly, Valentine's is a day for love. But to me, love is much less chocolates and roses and more like changing a diaper. More like visiting a loved one with dementia. More like doing dishes, taking care of someone who is sick, and listening to someone's fears and dreams. As a parent, I also know that loving someone also means looking out for them, honking the horn from time to time. I have a tendency to honk my parental horn a lot. I I don't know if the kids know it, but I know that I do it to protect my kids, right? Don't chase that ball into the busy street. Don't play by the edge of that cliff. Don't choke on that Lego that you have in your mouth. (laughs) To them, it might seem harsh. But to me, it looks like choosing life. (laughs) To me, it looks like love. Like a love honk. From time to time, Love eternal graces me with a little honk. I pray.
that I may hear it. 